This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Let's head off to the Helderberg, shall we, to connect with Alma Pollard. She's uh, Executive uh, Director of The Green Time. She's also an eco-consultant and coach. And I wonder what else she's been up to. Good morning, Alma Pollard. Hope you're well. Good morning. I am adjusting to the midwinter heat here. <laughs> it's very, uh, very bizarre. I put a fan on last night because that's how hot it was in my room um, in, in August. So, okay, we are all wide awake. We are sitting right in the middle of climate change here. Uh, yeah, I couldn't help but come across a story early this morning about uh, coming from the South African Weather Service to say El Nino is coming. And there's going to be yeah. some unusual weather patterns, including very heavy rain in the summer rainfall area and unusually high temperatures. So, and the possibility of extra tra- strain on our power system because people will want to be cooling themselves off more using the dreaded air conditioner, as you would say, Alma. So the pressure is on all the time from every side. Absolutely. It's such a vicious cycle because now if you go and use a, if even your fan or your air conditioner or whatever, you're just making the problem worse. So, I mean, that's why insulation, I always, I've been preaching insulation for so long and I still don't even have decent insulation myself, which is mm. the plan before the summer arrives because ideally we use passive uh, passive systems, not active systems, because they run on normally mostly on um, on fossil fuels. Even mm-hmm. though I've got um, solar, but it, then it uses my battery up faster. So best to have an insulated house. You're absolutely right. So we we really, I mean, the conversations have have been aiming towards all of these things that we are actually seeing happening. We've been chatting for so many years on this platform, Elmo. We've been talking about what's coming. Then it came, and now we're trying to deal with it, and now we're trying to look positively towards the future. It's amazing how these things have just rolled out. We saw them coming, but when it actually happens, it's only then that everybody, as they say in Afrikaans, skriks wakker. Absolutely. And, of course, uh, the couple, last couple of years we had um, the opposite of El Nino, which means it was a little bit cooler, but now El Nino is on the on the go the next few years, if I understand that correctly. Mm. So now we really are dreading the heat, and we have to be prepared. I think it's incredibly important that one has your expectations right, because that's not being so-called negative. Mm. Um, preparation is important because then you are not caught off guard and you and you can adjust much quicker. quicker. I always say it will be the survival of the most flexible. So let's not think how it should be, oh, it's not the right way. It's like, okay, what are we going to do about this and how can we move? I mean, I literally have started moving my my workstation according to the the climate, according to the seasons. I go where it's cooler in the summertime, go where it's warmer in the wintertime, because then I don't have to use fossil fuels. Yeah, and now we need to be conscious of, of what's happening, what changes might come as we head into the new season that El Nino, they said, to hang around till 2027. I mean, that's again, Alma, those are just okay. guesses. You know, what is actually going to happen, how it's really going to play out, well, we'll only know when we're in the thick of it. So it's a matter of the unpredictability of everything, and that is what's causing a, a lot of anxiety, actually. I'm also involved in climate anxiety and, and learning how to support people with that, because that is the big talk. There's something called the, the COP2, and it's a tiny little two, which is all focused on dealing with climate anxiety. And that's, of course, because I'm also a life coach, it's a huge area of interest for me. So 
I'm trying to be up to date on that so that I can also help people. But today we're going to talk about the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child. Yeah, and so we should. It's one thing saying we want to take care of the environment and we want it to be remain beautiful and be there for our children. That's one side of the story. But then we also want what our children are actually enjoying right now to be safe and to keep them well. To be safe now and into the future. I mean, you know that I started in this industry because I'm a mother and because I was worried about my children's future. Mm. And now the future is here and you and I are parents. So our work is essentially driven by the fact that we, we as a parent, you want to protect your children. Yeah. And if you know your children's future is under threat, you cannot but be involved in it. So in 1989, the U UN Convention on the Rights of the Child was ratified by 196 countries, including South Africa. And this outlines the children's right to life, health, clean drinking water, survival and development. But now they have, have um, published the comment number 26, which affirms children's rights to live in a clean, healthy, and sustainable environment, specifically focused on climate action. They've, they've issued this United Nations guidance that calls on all governments to take action to protect boys and girls in, fa in the face of the deepening climate, uh, climate um, crisis. So this then provides legal rights to a specific area of climate change and amplifying children's voices. They literally went... In the preparation of this of this coming twenty six mm. across the world, doing surveys on children's voices to find what are they feeling and what are they saying, and to incorporate them into this, which is a first ever, because as I'm saying, children are at the forefront of the fight against climate change. I mean, I think that uh, for me that is such a tragedy mm. that the children have to fight for their futures, where whereas. Adults should be looking after the children, you know. I mean, yeah. how, can you imagine growing up having to worry about something like the home that you are in? I mean, it, it's just, uh, for me, that's an incredibly sad fact. So they are urging governments and corporations to take action to safeguard the children's lives now and into the future um, and to protect them from immediate harm and in the foreseeable future, they say they can they can hold the states accountable wow. because we have to take immediate action, phase out fossil fuels and sh um, shift to renewable energy, which improves air quality. And you know, we spoke recently about air quality and how important that is. And of course, the worse mm. the air quality, the, the worse the climate change as well. And they also have to ensure clean drinking water and protect biodiversity. So now if you bring that home to South Africa, there are places in this country where people do not have clean drinking water. I learned this week about um, a, an area, a community in South Africa that has not had water wow. for three years. Now think of all those children there. And then they talk about the importance of protecting biodiversity whilst we are still sitting with a government that sprays poison in our areas. You know what that does to biodiversity, to our insects and whatever. So it's it's in a high level is, is this announcement and, the, and this guidance. But I always like to take the big picture and drill it down to South Africa mm. because children must be considered, they say, in environmental decision-making. And they also stress the critical role of environmental education, which is, as you know, what we are doing right now. I mean, I've always said the children know a lot more 
because we've been teaching this stuff in the schools for decades. Yeah. Um, it's it's our generation, it's the older people who never learned about this stuff at school that can still sideline this very critical issue, which is where also the Green Times comes in. We're trying to fill that gap so that you and I also are educated and those who listen to us to understand that this is a critical context with each, within which we live. So we always have to consider this context in, in every um, decision that we make. So this is all part of the Paris Agreement on Climate Change, and we know that we were also part of that. And they say the climate crisis is a child rights crisis. When you look at the story, um, it makes you want to uh, do two things. Well, it comes to my mind. If only we had done more before, but how can we support those that are doing hard work now? Because something from the story struck me uh, that the, the, the countries that are causing the most harm are causing the most the largest catastrophes to be happening in developing countries who are not contributing to the problem but are suffering because of the problem. Yeah, that's always the major injustice that this, that this um, causes. I mean, I remember Bishop Tutu once writing about that, and that was also one of my big switch-ons, mm. because the countries that have had the least, uh, have contributed the least, are suffering the worst. They are enduring the most dangerous floods, droughts, storms, and heat, etc., fires, the, the works. Um, so they are the most vulnerable children at the moment, already suffering from this. And they are the so-called innocent countries, and they must also protect it. Certainly, that is why the first world countries, the biggest contributors, have to help the countries where the consequences are already dire and people are dying. And you'll find those details all under this very beautiful story, a very important one. Go and read it and share it with someone. It's called Protecting Children's Rights to a Healthy Environment. One of the headline stories on thegreentimes.co.za. You've just been listening to the voice of their executive director, also eco-consultant and coach. Huge thanks to you, Alma Pollard. And here's to a beautiful Green Wednesday. Thank you, Brad. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit. 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.